And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. And we are here today on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship 920 a.m. And as you stream it on the Raiders mobile app, Damon in today for Bobby, who's out. I'm in studio, wore a mask coming in. We're still dealing with this. Good to be in studio today. Vinny Bonson, yours here. I look over this. Q Myers, everybody's excited. This is a great moment in the history of this flagship station. We are one of the 32 NFL teams that have a flagship, and we're one of the few teams still alive in the playoffs. And how do you want to describe this game? A lot of people are calling it a play-in game, fair, or they're calling it the first playoff game. It doesn't count for the playoffs. If the Raiders don't win, they didn't make the playoffs. So remember that again. For everyone saying this is a playoff game, it is not. It's more of a play-in game, but I think we're going to treat it like a playoff game on the the radio. We kind of lean around here with playoff games. And I go back to 2016 on Christmas Eve where Derek Carr was robbed of the playoffs when he got injured against the Colts and broke his ankle, and that season was pretty much over. Derek led the team to the playoffs, but he didn't get an opportunity to play in the playoffs. And that doesn't they – they don't put an asterisk in your career at the end of the career and say, hey, there's an asterisk in 2016 because you kind of got to the playoffs, but you didn't play. So this is the moment for Derek Carr. I believe it is. This is the moment for Derek Carr that he's been waiting for. He's had a challenging career. He's had a very good career up until now, statistically, especially with Raider history, with Stabler, Plunkett, LaMonica, Flores, Gannon. If you look at Carr at the top of the mountain statistically, in many stats, including fourth quarter comebacks, but now Derek has an opportunity to do something pretty special here. He has the opportunity to win in Vegas at home, eliminate the Chargers, and get the Raiders into the playoffs. The quarterback is the most expensive position. The quarterback gets the most fame. The quarterback has the most pressure. So it's go time for Derek Carr. As I've said since the first time he played with the Raiders and started off 0-10, the guy's been through adversity. I've seen all his great wins, all his great moments. And I believe in him. And he has to step up now as we are trying to be fair and talk about what he has to do against a younger quarterback in the division that most people, from analysts to fans, think is better than Derek already. And that's a compliment to Justin Herbert. He's a top pick, high pick in the draft. The Chargers took him, and it's working out well for him. But if he doesn't make the playoffs here, a lot of people are going to throw shade on him. Because he's in a situation where he can put the team on his back. So we know the game is more than the two quarterbacks. We're aware of that. But the quarterbacks here have pressure on him. Much more pressure on Derek Carr than Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's a young player. He will go to the playoffs. He might go to multiple Super Bowls in years to come. You don't know. But for Derek, he he hasn't had many chances like this. And he gets a great chance this Sunday night in his home stadium on primetime, the last game of the season. It is without question the biggest football game of Derek Carr's life. Without question, nothing is close to this. He's played in big games that mattered. Nothing's mattered more than this. This is the big one. 
And he's prepared his whole life, and especially with the Raider organization, to excel in a situation like this. So we're going to talk about Derek Carr today. Because a lot of you people out there, or as they said in Goodfellas, use guys, treat this guy like crap. You treat him like crap. You don't treat him with the respect he deserves. You don't. And you say it to my face in the black hole, and you say it to me at the game, and you say it on the radio. You don't treat him with enough respect, in my opinion. And I understand why you don't do it, because you want Stabler. You want Gannon. You want to go back in the hot tub time machine. You want Aaron Rodgers. You want Justin Herbert. You want Patrick Mahomes. And none of that can happen. You got Derek Carr. And you've been up and down with Derek Carr this year. Now, as I was telling DeMond before the show started, I give the Raider Nation a free pass this year. I do. Not that, it, not that I matter. Who cares what I think? But I got a radio show from noon to two, so I'm going to say this. The Raider Nation gets a free pass this year because your brains, like mine, have been scrambled. My brains are like scrambled eggs. There's no vacation. I need to be on a beach. I don't know where I'm going. You need to see the folks. It's been insanity coming in here and trying to figure out what's breaking from noon to two overnight. DUI in a garage. This is what happens. Henry Ruggs, Tina Tintor, Gruden resignation. You don't know the amount of scarring that this year has done to your brain. That's a Raider fan, and you're the best at this. Because Raider fans have dealt with the immaculate deception, the tuck rule, moving multiple times, coming back, are we going to move or not? You've been through a lot. I mean, I, I, I talk to Raider fans who are in their 70s and 80s. They've been through a lot. So I give you a free pass. Also, the ones that jump shipped. All I did, it took me about two hours to screenshot all of those Raider fans. To screenshot, like I'm a 14-year-old girl, and I didn't get invited to a dance. I just sat there one night and screenshot in my mid-50s, screenshotting the people who quit on the team. And I invited you all back, right? I'm giving you a free pass. So you're all invited back. All of the haters, all the doubters, all the people who have been complaining all year long, complaining. You know, I've always said this about my career. I'm glasses half empty on the radio. I'm much glass full, not half full in life. If you know me in my real life, you know that. On radio, I tend to take it very seriously. If I wanted to be a comedian, I'd be a comedian. I'd be on FM radio. I'd be a shock jock. I decided to do sports radio. I don't like poll questions. I don't like to waste time. I don't like to play games. I don't like to do any of that. I just like to do fast-paced adrenaline sports talk where I talk sports. What a novel idea. Sports radio talks sports. Then we launched Raider Nation Radio. I said, man, I like it over there. I'm doing the Golden Knights and the Raiders. No, we're going to come here and do Raiders. I said, all right, but there's going to be times where there's no Raider news. June, July, you know, May. There's nothing going on. I want to talk Golden Knights. I want to talk LeBron. We're going to do that here. I am immersed right now in the Raider Nation. Six days a week. I'm the only guy who sits down with the head coach, which is a blessing and lucky for me. I got to do that tomorrow. And I am locked in to host a pregame show from the torch, Sunday Night Football on NBC, sitting on that stage. Are you kidding me? I was born for this moment. This is where I'm going to shine and give you everything I got. I need something from you. So today, I need your simple call to action. Carr. What's at stake for Carr in this game? What are your realistic expectations for Carr? Realistic as in numbers for this game. We're going to record the show. We're going to hold you to it. What are your realistic numbers for Derek Carr? Now, the good news is when he throws for 300 yards, he's undefeated this year. The bad news is he hasn't done that for a while. 
80% of his passes are completed to Hunter Renfro because Darren Waller's been out. So we have to look at that number, which is really skewed because Waller's been out. So you got to look at that, and he is clearly locked into Renfro, which is a good thing because Renfro is the top 10 receiver in receptions and yards. He's lived up to it, right? Let's go to this Hunter Renfro play in the last game with the game on the line. I've watched this probably 30 times, this play, to make sure I saw it from every angle every time. Carr was magnificent. As he stepped up in the pocket, he moved, he avoided a sack, and made a great touch throw. Third down and 10, inside of a minute to play in regulation. Deadlocked at 20. Carr back into the gun. Here they come. Offensive line does a good job. Carr steps away, fires to the right. Got it as Renfro. Renfro down to the 22, gets back up, sprinting for the 10, 5. Jackpot, baby! Raiders! Raiders strike with 42 seconds to go. Renfro was not touched when he was down. And he dashes on into the end zone. That's a 49-yarder, a 49-yard touchdown in the last minute. Unbelievable play. Brent Musburger on the call. Now, I guess a fingernail touched a cleat, and they took that touchdown back, and Hunter Renfro was mic'd up for that. If you go to the Raiders.com, well, the Raiders on social media, Hunter Renfro was hugging Zay Jones and everyone saying, that's good. It's going to be good for the clock. They're going to take down... The clock. So Hunter Renfro is so such a great teammate. In real time, he said, no, this is good. We're going to run the clock down and win the game that way. Forget about my touchdown and my stat. We're going to take it away from me, and we're going to win it as a team. How great is that? That's what you get when you get a guy who won a national championship at Clemson, who's been brought up that way. So that's fantastic. On that play, Derek avoided the rush, climbed the pocket, made a touch throw, and then got hit. And went to the ground. I mean, it was absolute vintage car. It might be a Mount Rushmore play. Not throw. I mean, he's thrown 60 yarders on a dime. He's thrown better touch passes, we know. But that was pretty close with everything that has to happen. Because the Joey Bosa criticism of Carr is that when the pocket breaks down, he, quote, curls up. He didn't curl up on that play. He climbed the pocket and made an unbelievable throw. So that's Derek's last big throw. Right, So follow me here. The last time he made a throw, it was that. It was a great throw, and they ended up winning the game. So Derek's got tremendous, tremendous momentum coming into this game. So I'd like your opinion today on Derek Carr and your expectations for the biggest game of his life. Damn, that's a good question, JT. That's a really good question, right? What, what are your expectations in his biggest game of his life? I'd ask his dad and his brother if they were in studio, and they know him better than I. Raider Nation, you know him. So I'll go first. I think that Derek Carr, in order to win this game, has got to throw for over 290 and three touchdowns. Okay, Everything in front of me with the stats that I broke down says that that's not going to happen because of the Chargers and Justin Herbert and the fact that the Raiders want to run the ball because they're falling in love with the run game again. And speaking of the running game, we got that lined up today. Andre James is going to join us, the Raiders center, and one of the greatest offensive linemen in NFL history, Ron Mix, former Hall of, current Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Ron's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Also, Bill Romanowski, Romo Cop. 
He's coming in. Oh, I'm going to work him up. You think I'm going to get him going? I'm going to stir him around like the Tasmanian devil. He's going to go crazy. And then from the NFL on Fox, Chris Myers. He's going to join us. So I have four guests, open phone lines. I shouldn't have one. I want to hear from Raider fans specifically today on Derek Carr. I got two more shows after this about the score, what's going to happen, Darren Waller, all of this. We talked about Nate Hobbs and what his issue was. Today it's a specific show because I want to test the pulse of the Raider Nation before I go on the pregame show Sunday night. I want to know our expectations of Derek Carr. 702-365-9200. I want yards. I want touchdowns. And I'm assuming you all think he's going to win the game. Right, we're on the flagship, so I, I think we're good with that. But I want to know what his stat line's going to look like because I think it's getting very complicated now to talk about Carr's numbers because I think what's happening is Derek's making a lot of good throws, but he's making just a few of them because he's not getting into shootouts since the Dallas Cowboy game, which was an amazing victory on Thanksgiving. And then since then, the numbers have gone down in regards to yards, but I think the bigger throws have stepped up. And I think you'd agree with me on that. Don't you all agree that Derek's made more clutch throws recently than you can remember? In some really tough games, Cleveland in that cold weather on the last drive to set up the Carlson field goal. Uh, This drive, I just played you the Hunter Renfro catch that was not a touchdown but set up the game-winning field goal. And if you look through these games and how Derek has been able to win these games, I think we're seeing Derek make fewer big throws, fewer, but they're more clutch. And I like that better. I don't like the check downs, but he checks down when he wants to. And maybe against the Chargers, it's going to be very important for him to check down because he's going to be in a situation where the Chargers give up the most third downs in the NFL, 49.5% of the time, half the time, the Chargers give up a first down on third down. I mean, that's mind-blowing. Everybody talks about defenses around the league. The Chargers really struggle when it comes to that stat. So that, to me, means that Derek can take shots whenever he wants. One of the things that I've been sharing with you all year long is I like to pick up first downs as a fan on second down. So when it's second and seven and it's second and five, that's when I like to say, go get the first down. Don't wait for third down. Because on third down, anything can happen. A ball can get tipped. You can get sacked. And on third down, a guy can drop a ball. Then you're off the field. You don't come back for another six minutes. So I don't like when the Raiders hand it into a pile on second and seven to set up third and four. I don't care about third and four. I want a first down on second and seven. And a lot of the times the Raiders don't do that. And then one of the other things that I think the Raiders don't do very well, and they do a lot of good things, is one of the things the Raiders don't do well is they, they, don't, they don't attack on deep, deep third downs. If it's third and 17, it might as well be third and 50. They're just not going to go for it. They're not even going to go for it. The Jim Plunkett rule, throw it to the sticks. And now you live in a pass-happy world where everybody's holding, where you can pick up a flag and get an automatic first down, five yards first down. And a lot of times on third and long, anything over 10, 12, they check down. And then they punt because they got a great punter. That will not beat the Chargers. It will not beat the Chargers. The Chargers are going to have to throw. That's why I have Derek at 290 yards and three touchdowns in this game because I can't find any scenario in which the Raiders win this game without Derek throwing and being in a point in time where they're either down, they're either trailing in this game, 
or they're trailing late and Derek is forced to throw, and he's going to have to put up numbers to get the Raiders back in this game. Uh, the Raider drive, they played the Raider game last night on NFL Network. They replayed it. I pressed record. I recorded it originally, and I went back and watched that first drive. It was insane. Can't wait to talk to Andre James coming up. Practice ends right about now, 12-15. So we're going to hear from him at some point a little bit this hour on the improvement of the offensive line. And then I have all the stats here in front of me with the Chargers. The Chargers are giving up 136.7 yards rushing per game. That's a lot of yards. So the Chargers are playing a, a lot of prevent defense. The Raiders can find a way to run the ball on them. I just don't want to see the Raiders fall in love with the running game. And all signs indicate to me that they are. All signs are indicating to me that they're going to have to run the ball and they want to run the ball. But I think the Chargers are good enough to get the lead in this game. And the Chargers are going to come in, balls out. Chargers go down, they're going to go down swinging. Going for it on fourth down, they're going to go down with Herbert. They're not going to go down with Austin Eckler. Eckler's going to make some plays. Very good in the screen game. But they're going to look at Herbert all week and say, here's the deal. You can attack this Raider defense. We're going to attack it all day. And Gus Bradley, I mean, this defense sets up beautifully for Herbert because the Raiders don't blitz a lot. They stay in their standard defense in their zone. And Herbert's top three in both those categories. When you don't blitz them and you stay in the typical zone that the Raiders play. So Herbert loves playing the Raiders. He loves playing the Raiders because he loves the matchup. So that's a little bit of a concern. But the big X factor, before we get to the phones, is the Raiders' defensive line. They are now playing at a very good, almost elite level, where they're getting pressure on every play, even if they don't get to the quarterback. So I love the way the Raider defensive line, Yannick Ngakwe, and Mad Max Crosby, and the rest of the interior defensive line is playing. Uh, they got to get to Justin Herbert, who holds on to the ball, because he's like Ben Roethlisberger. He's big. He's more athletic. And he feels like if he can give Keenan Allen and Mike Williams an extra second, second and a half, they'll get downfield for a big play. That's the monologue brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town. Uh, that is 5 to 7, uh, midnight to 2. Great place to watch the Golden Knights. Did you see that Golden Knight game last night? The final, my son went to the game with a couple of his buddies. They came back to the house. I go, please tell me you didn't leave early. They said, no, we stayed to the end of the game. Golden Knights pulled the goalie. They scored to make it 3-2. And then they had about seven or eight looks to tie that game up. That was fantastic. Great place to watch hockey is PTs throughout the Valley. They know hockey well. You can light the lamp. Uh, their servers, their bartenders love the Vegas Golden Knights. They are a proud partner. All right, let's begin in Maui. Maui Raider on the flagship. We're talking about Derek Carr today. Give me your expectations. Hey, JT, my, my expectation is I don't think he's going to have a, a huge night. I think 250 with two touchdowns and one interception I think is going to be uh, the baseline for him. If he does more than that, great. Uh, I'm with you, JT. The whole card bashing thing and putting them down. We don't have our number one or number two options for the last three games. Not counting Ruggs, Waller. It just blows my mind how tough people are on this guy. He's a go-getter. I support him since day one. I'll support him forever. If someone better comes along, great. But I, my key to the game is going to be two turnovers. We're going to be plus two in turnovers by some miracle for the mm -hmm. first time this season. We're going, to, we're going to get turnovers this game for some reason. All right. That's thanks. my prediction. Thanks for the call. So we got a 250, two touchdowns, one interception. And I'll put me in the corner here. I went 290 
with three touchdowns. I'm not throwing in interceptions. I'm going to leave that out. No, no, you could throw an interception. I'm not going to predict interceptions. I don't know how to do that. I'll go 293 touchdowns. I think that's a nice bar. I'd like a little bit more than that, but we'll see. Shields up on the flagship. Hello. Thanks for calling in. JT, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, first of all, he's got to captain the offense. Mm-hmm. He's got to um, be the leader he's always been, even more now. Um, statistically, I'm at about 250, 270 with three touchdowns, just like you. Now, I like to see him, if a pocket closes, I want to see him take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't care. Three, four yards, slide, get something out of it. Um, also, um, I see uh, 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 the tight end, Morrow getting some good looks, mm-hmm. some good passes. And I do think, though, um, if they get a lead, they will start leaning on the run game to keep Hebert off, uh, 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 off Justin Hebert to keep him off the, mm-hmm. the uh, field. Um, I'll say one more thing, one, one stat that we got to be proud of, and I know you got Andre James on. Mm-hmm. Right now, since week seven, Pro Football Focus has him the sixth-ranked best center in the yes. league. Nice. Awesome. Thank you for that question. Thank you for that, my friend. Guy's reading pro football focus. He likes that. little pro football focus stat. He's right. I'm going to talk to Andre about the improvement, not only of himself, but the entire offensive line, because they got a lot of heat. They got a lot of heat this year. So we got Maui Raider, 250 yards, two touchdowns. Shields up, 250 to 273 touchdowns. Raider Reggie riding around Las Vegas. Go ahead, Reggie. Hey, JT, man, let me just say this. I, I'm hoping we could get that 300 from Carr, but if we could get that 250 and our defense step up, we get at least two sacks, but I'm hoping when we get two from Yannick and two from Max and we play some clean football, we can win this game, man. So stat-wise, I'm thinking he got to go at least 75% on his passes, get us that 250, and then the defense stand up. We're going to do what we got to do. Raider Nation, stand up. Unite. Raiders. Let's yeah, go. Yep, that's it. We're going to give away Grimaldi's gift cards, a $50 Grimaldi's gift cards locally. You got to be locally here in Vegas if you get that number right on Monday. Man, it's a big Monday coming up, Demond, because I said this again and jump on. So here's what I've told my wife because I got a great wife, and she's a season ticket holder. Man, she cuts checks for those PSLs, man, in that 132 Twitch club. So we have an unlimited bar tab that night if they win, which that means, and my son knows this, because my son's 20, and he looks like he's 25. So if the Raiders win, I go right out on the town. Son comes up. I'm, I'm going big that night. I got a couple spots. If the Raiders don't win, I'm right home. And I'm crying in my Grimaldi's pizza. I'm just crying, man. I'm sitting at home there. So are you with me on that? We're going to see you out after the victory? Oh, man, if I got the invite to hang out with JT you after will. the game, like, I'm already thinking it, like, because, you know, Will's my boss for, like, the media relations gig. going to be like, hey, if they win, I'm going to try to be in the locker room. <laughs> it might not happen, but it's just like, I want to be in there celebrating with the team if they make the playoffs. There's a little bit more protocol, so <laughs> we're going to have to figure that out, but we'll figure out where the, hey, the players might go out. I mean, I'm not, I don't knock the players going out. Everybody wants to stay in. Everybody wants to kind of be COVID safe and do all that, but uh, 
Man, I'd like to see everybody enjoy an unbelievable Sunday night. Sunday night could be epic in this town. You get out of the stadium. I do the 90-game post-game show. We meet up for a cerveza, a Modelo, a Modelo, a bucket of Modelos somewhere along the strip. Next thing you know, and you know, it's 11 o'clock, it's midnight, it's 1. Raider Nation is just celebrating up and down the strip. That's what could happen. That's what could happen. But they got to win the game. It's a must-win game. We all know that. And we're talking about it on Raider Nation Radio. The monologue was brought to you by PTs. With over 65 locations in the Valley and the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7 p.m. And midnight to 2 a.m. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. JT, back with you. You heard Remy Martin. Raise your cocktail game. Remy Martin, the sidecar. The Remy Martin bar at the M Resort Spa and Casino. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Ron Mix is going to join us. One of the most accomplished offensive linemen of all time. We're waiting on him. Bill Romanowski at the top of the hour, which we're excited about. And Andre James, at some point after practice, and practice ended about 10 minutes ago, uh, Rich Passaccia is speaking. Also Derek Carr, so we'll try to get some of that uh, too. So we'll get a feeling for what's going on here. But we're today talking about Derek Carr, and we wanted your impression of Derek Carr or your prediction on what he needs to do to win this game. From a yards play. How many yards does he throw for? How many touchdowns does he throw for? This is the biggest game of his life. It's not adding pressure. Sports radio doesn't add pressure. But this guy handled pressure. Ron Mix, one of the most accomplished offensive linemen of all time. A pro football Hall of Famer, an AFL champion. He's in the Chargers Hall of Fame, the AFL all-time team. And you can see his number right there at Allegiant Stadium as he's in the Raiders Hall of Fame. Ron, good to talk to you again. I hope you had a great New Year. Uh, it was. Thank you. Thank you. We took the whole family to uh, Oregon to visit with uh, a daughter and her family and uh, just had a grand time. Thank you. Ron, what is that coast like? I've traveled around the world. I've traveled a lot, but I've never been on the coast of Oregon, but seen those beaches, seen the beauty. How nice is it? Well, it, it, what makes it beautiful is the, is, is the palm tree. Uh, not the palm tree, but the pine trees. Mm-hmm. Stunning. It's just it's absolutely huge, and it goes all the way to the coast at times. Fantastic. You're missing something. Yeah, I know. I have to go. We That's definitely a priority. Ron Mix, Hall of Famer, is our guest. Hey, Ron, taking a look at the Chargers and the Raiders. You know both teams well. Raiders really fought through a lot of adversity, and you've been around a bunch this year. Charles Woodson's Hall of Fame ring ceremony. You're on the field also for Tom Flores. You've been at a bunch of Raider private events here. Can you touch on the resiliency of the Raiders this year with all the adversity surrounding the team? I just think that I think they've really been outstanding. You know, people look at them and say they've been inconsistent, and they're but on, on their one loss record, you have to agree with that assessment, but uh, they, like uh, some of the other teams, have had a whole bunch of problems come up with with COVID, with injuries, uh, with a, a disruption of losing mm-hmm. their coach, which is is really disruptive, and uh, yet they just stay in there, and uh, I'm rooting for them. That's right, I'm rooting for them against my old Charger team. 
which is why we always have you on, Ron. You played most of your career and had many of your great accomplishments with the Chargers, but you've always said, and let's talk about that quickly, you've always talked about Al Davis and how the organization, Mark Davis, and the alumni have treated you and this organization. That's why you root for them, right? Well, here's why I root for them. I have to go. I have to bring up the name of the comedian Sam Kennison. <laughs> Sam Kennison opens his act by saying, "People are always talking about me. They're wondering why I say so many bad things about women. Why do I hate women? Why am I always ranking on women?" Then, then Sam Kennison screams, "Because a man never broke my heart." <laughs> well, that's why I like the Raiders. They never broke my heart. The Chargers retired by number after I retired from them, and then they activated again. So, naturally, my love is with the Raiders. But the Raiders really are unique in the way they treat their alumni. They have a saying, once a Raider, all the Raider. And it's really true. It's really true. You know, to tell it, again, I think I've told you in the past about uh, Al Davis, but there was never a time... Uh, when I went to Al to tell him about a former player needing some financial help, that he didn't come through. He never advertised it. He never told anybody, but he always came through. And uh, uh, Mark Davis is, uh, I haven't had the occasion to run that by him yet, but uh, Mark Davis is really being generous in the way he, he treats former players. Ron Mix is our guest. Ron, as we continue, I want to ask you, when you're an offensive lineman, and this is a Raider question, they've struggled. They're bringing in Leatherwood, a rookie. They're breaking in a new center, Andre James, who we're going to talk to after you. And they've been they struggled at times, especially early in the season. And now they're trying to get it going again, and they have some momentum. What was it like when your offensive line teammates, because you were a Hall of Famer, were struggling, but then all of a sudden it started to come together? What are those meeting sessions like practices when you're building positive momentum? You know, I wish I could have a recollection of that. We, very frankly, always we always played very well. When mm-hmm. I was with the Chargers, we had an off, outstanding offensive line. Where I was with the Raiders, of course, uh, my skill, skill set had fallen so uh, i was a substitute but that was a really offensive line it was i think they have five uh future hall of famers were on it that went into the hall of fame so i can't comment on that that's an interesting question uh, answer from the questionnaire because you're an eight-time afl all-star and you were nine times All-AFL, and you're on the all-time AFL team, one of the greats of all time, and you handled that substitution role very professionally. What was the key to that with Mr. Davis and knowing that he wanted you, he had so much respect for you, dating back to USC, wanted you in the Raider organization, but your skill set was declining at the end of your career? Yeah, I'd been out of football a year, and I'd gone to law school at night, and and so I'd retired uh, after I graduated from law school and took the bar exam and uh, passed it and intended to stay out of football, stay retired. And then uh, Al had traded for me, and the prospect of playing for the Raiders was just – the mystique of the Raiders is unbelievable. It was just uh, – I had to come back and play. But the problem was I, I was naturally, naturally thin. I had to – always build myself up to the 270 and as soon as i went started eating just regularly 
my weight dropped when I retired to 225. I had to gain the weight real quick. I lost a certain amount of, of, um, of quickness that was very important to my game. So I wasn't the same player. It was, it was still great being in the Bay Area. But I have to tell you a quick story about, about mm-hmm. Al. So my, my first year, I was uh, a substitute. Uh, but back to the whole year, I think I started five or six games. Second year, I was on the practice squad. And when I was put on the practice squad at the beginning of the season, I went to Seattle to find out what my salary would be because I know every other club in, the, in, in, in football reduced the salaries of, uh, of players who were in the practice squad. And Al said, uh, this salary is the same. And I said, I said, but I was embarrassed to take the salary because I was, I said, I said, no, that's not right. Why don't you cut my salary by 10000 And Al said, Ron, we don't do things like that around here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was just a, a, a giant of a person. It really was. Fantastic. Wrapping it up with Ron Mix. Hey, Ron, last one, because I think a lot of fans who Google you and look at your career and get a chance to see you at games, they know that your education meant so much. I have two young sons now in college, a junior and a freshman. Can we wrap this up by talking about what your education meant to you as a football player, as a lawyer, and how you've passed it on to your kids and people that you talk to and mentor along the way. You took your education very seriously at USC, and it paid off throughout your life. Yeah, it did. One cute story. I hope you have time for mm-hmm. it. But, yep. uh, my, mother, my mother was a first-generation. Her parents immigrated from, from Russia, and then her, her, her father left the family, and so just my, my, my grandmother raising up five kids. They all had to quit school in the fifth grade to start contributing to the family. Uh, one of the, her sisters was able to, to go into night school, whatever, finish high school, and she was the only one of the three that eventually had a job above like minimum wage. And so for my mother's frame of reference, you had to finish high school to be successful. She never talked about college. She said, you you must finish high school. You must finish high school. But, of course, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship, a football scholarship to USC. But I just just absolutely knew that's the way that you you had to go. And uh, in those days, we didn't really make a lot of money playing professional football. And you, you, you had to be ready to move on to another occupation relatively soon after you retired. And of course, if you're a football player, your retirement can come anytime because of, of injuries. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I went to law school really in self-defense to, to be ready to uh, have a job when, when I uh, uh, left, professional, left professional football. Awesome. Hey, Ron, I'll tell you this. We go back a long way. You're the first Hall of Famer, and you know I interview a lot of them. You're the first Hall of Famer I've interviewed in 2022. So take that with you and tell everybody we'll do it a lot more this year, okay? Thank you. Go Raiders. There he is, Ron Mix. Ron Mix was a legend, unbelievable player. Uh, Mix was the first white player in the 1965 AFL All-Star Game in New Orleans to step forward and join his black teammates in a civil rights boycott. The environment, which was under heavy racial terms back then, in New Orleans uh, caused the black players to say they weren't playing in a city that denied them basic rights to eat, 
to get a cab, etc. Ron Mix made it clear that if the black players were not going to play, neither would he. That caused all the other white players to join the boycott. The game was moved from New Orleans to Houston. That guy. An attorney now, Hall of Famer, a legend, the great Ron Mix. All right, my phone is blowing up. We got Sam and Ash jumping in, Steph McKenzie. We're waiting on Andre James up with practice because Derek Carr is speaking right now. So we are really busy now. We're going to take your phone calls at 702-365-9200. Today we're talking about Derek Carr and the issues surrounding Derek and how many yards you think he needs to have to win this game. I said 290 and three touchdowns. We've heard from a few since. Lester in the Bay Area. Give me the number, Lester. How are you? JT, good. I mean, I'm just glad to see this football team, you know, the last three weeks. You know, they haven't quit. They keep battling, and that's impressive. But I want to see, you know, the big stat, obviously, I'll be happy, 260, 270, two touchdowns. But the biggie, as you know, JT, it's going to be the no turnovers. we got to be smart with the football, but we also have to just mix it up. You know, on Derek on offense, you know, they just got to mix it up and get everybody involved. You know, get everybody involved, all the tight ends, all your running backs, and don't be afraid to take your stabs deep when you see one-on-one coverage when it comes out there to, to, to when it comes to Deshaun Jackson or whoever it is, if it's going to be Zay Jones. Um, on the defensive side, you hit the nail on the point real quick, JT. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to switch it up on defense. Herbert's going to pick us apart if we just sit back in that cover three and rush four all day long, okay? We have to get pressure and do stunts up the middle and rush the corners from the blind side uh, from the outside to get to him. You have to put pressure on him. they got to realize what happened last game. They're going to be ready for the cover three. So we have to come out there, no penalties, sharp football, start off fast, and our defense needs to put pressure on Herbert all game long from all different areas. Nice job. Go Raiders. All right. You, uh, nice, <laughs> nice job here when it comes to cutting down, cutting down on the issues of turnovers. How about this? As we take a look at the turnovers coming into this game, the Chargers are plus one on the year. The Raiders are minus 11. Chargers plus one, Raiders minus 11. The Chargers have 11 interceptions and 10 fumble recoveries for 21. The Raiders only have five interceptions. And when you look at their total number, eight fumbles for 13. Now, when it comes to giveaways, turning the ball over, Uh, The Raiders, 14 interceptions, 10 fumbles, which are 24 total. The Chargers, 14 interceptions, only six fumbles, 20. So the Chargers have an advantage in the turnover battle. All right, when we come back, uh, Sam and Ash is going to join us here in a little bit, our personal injury attorneys. Andre James, I'm getting confirmation on him. Bill Romanowski. At the top of the hour, we'll talk to Bill as he's ready to come in here and we'll hit on the defense and how to get to Justin Herbert or or intimidate Justin Herbert, intimidate him. And then Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox, and he's going to be a hell of a guest because Chris called the Antonio Brown meltdown game for Fox in New Jersey. He was the guy on the call. So he had a front row view of that and called it. We'll get to that next hour. Brought to you by Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Sam and Ash. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence.
JT back with you on Raider Nation Radio. Billshappen.com. Raider fans running it. Billshappen.com. You need cash, especially after the new year. You got behind over the holidays. Do it the right way, the only way. Billshappen.com. Billshappen.com. Proud partner of our show. They've been great to us, and they're pure Raider Nation. All right, we're looking for Derek Carr numbers today, and I throw that out for a reason. It's not low-hanging fruit. For me, it's not. This is the biggest game of his life. This is the game I want your opinion on with Derek. You know, a lot of people are Monday morning quarterbacks after Derek plays, and they criticize they didn't like this. I've been known to do it, too. If he's throwing underneath, if he's not attacking, how many times have you heard me say attack, 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 go downfield? This is a game I think he's going to be forced to do it. Because Justin Herbert wants to play up-tempo. And if the Raiders get behind, they might have to abandon the run and go up-tempo. And that's going to be Derek putting up numbers to stay close. And I know he can do it. Jay in Vegas. Jay, thanks for waiting. You're up next. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call, JT. Um, Look, man, I'm going to preface my call uh, by saying that uh, the players that are in the training room, man, it's time to get off that training room, man. If you're Mm -hmm. injured, okay. But if you're hurt, man, it's it's go time. Everything is on the line this Sunday night. Uh, with uh, As far as Derek Carr, uh, JT, uh, I could tell that he, he's been – well, obviously he hears the criticism, but I think it hits a little bit uh, more uh, to home when like players like Rich Gannon have, you know, kind of criticized him, you know, in a positive way. And you could tell he, he, he hears it because he mentions it, uh, especially this past game of the postgame on the field. So with that being said, JT, and with everything that's happened and with, with what's on the line, JT, Derek Carr – I'm looking, put me down for two touchdowns, 305 yards. I think he's going to perform at a high level this Sunday. And if the defense can get that, that, uh, that same pass rush that they've been getting on the defensive line with Unique and, and, uh, and Max and, uh, Divine Diablo out there, man, I, I think we're going to get a couple of turnovers as well. And I'm looking, uh, for us to punch uh, our ticket to the playoffs, JT. Thanks, Thank man. you. Appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in. And Derek can handle criticism. And Rich Gannon has been very kind to Derek over the years, especially on this show. I know Rich very well, and Rich knows how to professionally break down and analyze a quarterback and take the high road. And Rich is very close to the Raider organization. Not everything he says is going to be perfect. And Derek's been criticized by the national media hard, and there's some national media finally coming around giving Derek the credit he deserves. When you're a quarterback for this famed franchise and all the criticism that the Raiders have received over the decades, you better have a, a thick skin to be the quarterback of this team, especially over the last you know, seven or eight years. It's been a rough ride, and Derek's been there trying his best to lead this team to victory. He's been trying his best with new coaches coming and going, new teammates coming and going, new offensive coordinators to do his best every year. It's never about effort, never about effort when it comes to him. It's all about circumstances. Who does he have? Who's hurt? Waller's out. Who has COVID? Derek's always ready to play, and Derek gives his best every game. Some games are better than others. I will say, as I tweeted out earlier today at JT The Brick, I think we need to see a little bit more in this Mariota package. Mariota played well against the Chargers last year at Allegiant, Mariota is a guy that can really cause fits to the Chargers as the Chargers give up 136 rushing yards a game, and it seems like the Raiders only want to run Mariota. So Mariota could be a nightmare for the Chargers' defense. Passionate Raider on the flagship station today, Raider Nation Radio. Go ahead. 
Hey, what's up, JT? Great, great topic today, man. I'm calling for Derek Carr. I'm calling to have 276, two touchdowns, and I'm going to throw one pick in there. I'm going to say 27 for 38. 27 for 38 is what I'm going for, Derek. That's what I'm calling, JT. I, I can't even talk right now. I'm in the middle of a booking a flight to be out there on Sunday. Look at that. I was given a ticket to be out there on Sunday. I'm getting ready to hit send to pay for my plane ticket right now, JT. I can't even think right now, so I'll talk to you on Friday, man. Look at that. All right. Hey, nation, man, I'm going to be in the house on Sunday, the game of the year. Derek Carr, don't let us down. Yes, there you go. So I appreciate that. Look at that. A passionate writer. Damon, will you be hosting him? Will you be picking him up at the airport and <laughs> taking him out for a meal? And for all the calls he's made to the channel here, will you be a part oh, of the man. greeting ceremony? Will you be there at the airport with a sign passionate that says Raider. passionate Raider here and uh, pick him up? Um, if he, he's buying the ticket, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll bring in the welcome wagon for passionate Raider. Awesome. Oh, good. I always like to hear when fans are coming out for their first game. When fans are coming out for their first game, it's always a lot of fun. All right, so we're waiting on Andre James. Don't know what's going on there. I think practice went late. Coach Passaccia, Derek spoke. So we'll see if he calls in. Usually the Raiders, they're always great with this. Also, Bill Romanowski here at the top of the hour. Romo cop coming in. Uh, we'll fan the flames with Romo on how to get to Justin Herbert and what to do here. I'll specifically ask Romo, how do you get to a young quarterback and get in his head? if there's an opportunity to do that, because that's very important. That's very important because Justin Herbert it, it really at times is the type of player who, you know, it's just not – he's a guy who's very composed. Here we go. Andre James kind enough to join us, center for the Silver and Black. Andre, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day. Thanks for joining us. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year. Thank you for having me. When did you guys feel like you were improving, really coming together, playing your best football of the season? Was it Thanksgiving in Dallas in that classic overtime win? And where on this winning streak did you feel your best? Uh, you know, I can't put an exact date on it, but if I was, I would say, yeah, around Dallas, uh, you know, I think we started really gelling together really nicely. And, uh, we were able to start putting, putting things together how we wanted to. Did that also have to do with the health? Because a lot of you younger guys are now playing deeper in the season. That could be a detriment because guys break down. It feels like it's the opposite with your conditioning, Leatherwood and the rest of this offensive line peaking at the right time. Right, exactly. Uh, I think it's just, you know, right time. We're just finally starting to gel together and uh, we're able to really get this thing going, you know, feeling one another and, you know, how we like to get together on these run fits. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's coming well. We also had a caller who called in earlier, and people have said your pro football focus grade. And I don't know if you look at that or not, but the improvement that everybody's talking about with you. Do you notice that? Do you hear the background noise? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I don't really pay attention to much of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm improving as well. You know, I'm, I'm just trying my best. Uh, I think a lot, of, a lot of the other dudes are improving well, uh, you know, with, um, with everyone else online. So really proud to see those guys, you know, John and Alex and, you know, Colton especially, you know, he's been killing it all season long. But, you know, I, I think they've been killing it. Oh, Brandon Parker, he's, he's really been stepping up. Andre James, center for the Raiders, joins us. The last two hostile environments, which was tougher environment when it came to crowd noise, Cleveland or Indy? Oh, you know what? Uh, that's a hard one. I think uh, I'd have to give it to Indy. I think on that, uh, 
you know, those last couple series on those third downs, man, I couldn't, I couldn't hear a thing. I couldn't even hear myself think. So, <laughs> so I, have to give it to, I have to give it to Andy. There you go. Andre James joins us from the Raiders. Andre, you know, I've been saying it on the show all year long that I'd like to see more up-tempo. And then others say, and analysts say, well, you know, you don't want to get the offensive line to move or jump off sides. It's easier said than done. And I know you guys practice it, and you hear people say, why aren't you running the play quicker? Why is the play clock coming down? Can you share that as you want to stabilize the offensive line, not jump early, and make sure Derek has more time to change the play? You know, I th- yeah, like you said, I think we're a great two-minute offense. Uh, when we're going up tempo, it's um, I think we can, you know, get the ball going really well but uh, I think the biggest thing is just being able to communicate when we're when we're moving fast like that uh, making sure everyone's on the same page and you know and that's the most important thing you can't you can't do anything if everyone's not on the same thought or the same page so that's the main thing just making sure that we're communicated and you know we're all we're all on the same page Andre James, as we wrap it up, uh, Andre, what's been the most difficult part? Is it being safe with COVID and making sure you're available for your teammates, the practices, the entire situations here? How how much more demanding is this now on your schedule, your time, and your mind now that you're a starter up front for the Raiders? Yeah, it's just I think uh, just staying focused. You know, uh, you know, we look back a couple of weeks ago when we were playing the Browns. Uh, right before we were about to get on the buses and leave, you know, they they told us our our games being postponed. So it's just, you know, just staying focused. And and uh, I say that's just the main thing, just being able to go when, whenever, staying ready. Uh, leave me with one point on the charges. We know about Bosa, but the interior of that defensive line and the challenge that you have in front of you for this game. Yeah, I think uh, all around they're a great defense. Uh, we, we played them earlier in the season. Uh, weren't, weren't happy with the way uh, a lot of us performed. So it's uh, definitely one we've had on our calendar, you know, waiting to get back on get back at them. Isn't it great to be playing for the playoffs this time of year with everything the organization, you and your teammates have been through and have that game at home in prime time on a flex game? Oh man, it's awesome. It's, you know, you want to play, you want to play for games like this. <laughs> you know, it makes it fun. Thanks, Andre. Appreciate a tight schedule today. Thanks for doing this. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. You Appreciate got it. Andre James, the center for the Raiders, who has clearly improved this year. And remember, one of the reasons about Rodney Hudson, who Rodney wanted to leave, And everybody said, well, why aren't they going out and get someone? Well, they thought he would be ready, and he has been ready. Let's give credit where credit's due. Andre James has been ready, especially this last quarter of the season when it matters most. Seems pretty relaxed, doesn't he? Real relaxed over there. I'll be in the building tomorrow interviewing the head coach, Rich Passaccia. And that's where we're at. Hour number one. Bill Romanowski, my friend Sam and Ash. And we'll talk to Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox right here on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town and an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights.